1: This life study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Today we come to one of the treasures hidden in the depths of God's Word. God's work to change or transform man fully into His image can only be accomplished through a process. This process is sometimes called God's economy or God's dispensation. What is it all about? We'll see on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Ron Kangas is with us again today as we explore God's dispensing. Ron, once again, it's a pleasure to have you here to discuss the riches of this book of Romans.
2: It's a pleasure to discuss it, and it's a pleasure to enter into it in the way of practical experience.
1: Ron, we've used the word dispensing before on this program, but we're really going to focus on it today. What is the biblical background for this word? Does it ever appear directly in the New Testament?
2: I think we can say with reasonable assurance that the word, per se, dispensing, cannot be found in the New Testament. But the thought is surely there the revelation concerning the divine dispensing is more than clear. By dispensing, we mean life-imparting or life-giving. 1 Corinthians 15.45b, we see dispensing there. The last Adam became the life-giving spirit. Life-giving is really the dispensing or imparting of life. Paul says in Second Corinthians three, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Giving life, which is the Triune God Himself, is an action of dispensing. In the Gospel of John, dispensing is disclosed in chapter six, where the Lord Jesus says that He, as the bread of God, the true bread, the heavenly bread. The bread of life, the living bread, came down out of heaven to give life to the world. This giving of life is an action of dispensing. So actually, the Bible is a book of dispensing from Genesis all the way to the end. We have this rich divine thought of God and his divine trinity imparting himself as life into his chosen, redeemed, and regenerated people to make them his corporate expression, the body of Christ, which consummates as the new Jerusalem.
1: Ron, we really must see this word in its reality if we're going to have any hope of understanding God's purpose.
2: We must see it. It's really a life-or-death matter. Whether we have spiritual life in a practical way or not, has much to do with this matter of the divine dispensing.
1: Let's join Witness Lee.
0: God has an eternal purpose. He, in order to fulfill this purpose, has to dispense himself into his chosen people and send him that we are his chosen people. For God to dispense himself into us, his children people, he needs to be triune. <laughs> he needs to be God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. One God, yes, but triune. But listen, the Trinity of the Godhead is not for theology. It is all together for dispensing. God doesn't like to exist from eternity to eternity by Himself. He doesn't like to exist alone. He likes to be dispensed into some living beings created by him and chosen by him and called by him to make himself one with these living beings. Hallelujah. Amen. We are these living beings. Amen. God wants to dispense himself into all of us. Amen. I believe you all have read through the book of Romans, right? Yes. But I have you ever noticed that in this book there's such a verse, nine five, that says Christ is over all. God blessed forever. Christ is God. Now I gave you another verse, eight three. It says God sending his own son. Is this God, the very God, in 9 5? Surely the God, in verse 3 of chapter 8, is the God in verse 5, chapter 9. Then, how come this God sent his own Son? What is this? This is a trinity. Christ is God. Christ is also the Son of God. Then... We go to chapter five, verse ten. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. My goodness, how could the Son of God die? But you understand, or I don't understand. We were reconciled to His death. Amen. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved in his life. As he's dead, how could he have life? Yes, resurrection. Eventually, this dead one still has life. In chapter 1, listen to this. God sent Jesus Christ, our Lord, who came out of the seed. Of David, according to the flesh. Now you have some other elements added. You have God, you have the sin of God, you have the death, you have love, and you have now what? The flesh. Oh, got complicated. Verse 4. And was it, the sin of God. Wasn't he the Son of God? Mm-hmm. He was the Son of God already. Why he need to be designated? The Son of God in power, according to my goodness, another element, the Spirit. Not in the Spirit, but the Spirit of holiness. What is all this about? This is the triangle of dispensation. You don't have this word dispensation in the whole book. But it is implied
1: Ron, though we can never fully comprehend or explain the wonder of the triune God or God in his Trinity, we surely can have a deep impression and appreciation that there's a practical application of the triune God to us. What does it mean, Ron, that God is triune not for doctrine, but for dispensing himself into us.
2: I think it means that the purpose of the divine revelation concerning the triune God is related to God's economy and to the dispensing of the divine trinity into the believers. Regarding the truth of the divine trinity, The Bible is balanced and complete, and we should likewise be balanced and complete. And we do this by adhering to the pure revelation in the Scriptures and avoiding two extremes. One is the extreme of misunderstanding the Father, Son, and Spirit as three gods. Some would never teach this, but in their heart, actually, they they consider it this way. Another extreme, just as dangerous, is what is called modalism, which claims that God is just one, He's not eternally triune, but successively He's Father or Son or Spirit to carry out His purpose. The Bible reveals that God is eternally triune, from eternity to eternity He is the coexisting and co-inhering Father, Son, and Spirit. But he is triune in his revelation in the word, not for doctrine, not for theological speculation. God wants to dispense himself into us. He is triune, and he's revealed as triune in relation to this dispensing. So many portions of the word, not least of which is Romans 8, but also Ephesians 3, reveal the divine trinity in relation to the divine dispensing. So in sum, the burden of this message and the burden of our ministry on this point is this. The God who is eternally triune is revealed as triune in the scriptures primarily for the purpose of dispensing. If we understand this, then we will, first of all, open our being to receive the dispensing of the triune God in his divine trinity. Then we will not only believe he is eternally triune, we will enjoy him in the divine dispensing.
1: Thank you, Ron. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for more of our life study.
0: Then we go on. From chapter one to chapter eight, when you get into chapter eight, ah, oh, you will surely get into the thick forest. You have a way to get in, but you could never get out. I just bring you into the thick forest by verse two, for the law of the spirit of life. What is this? And Christ, not only Christ, but Jesus. The law, the spirit, the life, Christ, Jesus. What are these, brothers? I tell you, what are they? This is a forest. And now, let's go on to verse 7. Listen to verse 7. Because the mind set on the flesh is anything against God for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. Then verse 8. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, then but if... This is not good, writing. Yeah. But if anyone has not the Spirit of Christ, he is not of him. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Paul would say, what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the trying God. And I'm talking about the trying God for dispensation. I begin with God. Then from God, I go on to the Spirit of God. Then from the Spirit of God, I go on to the Spirit of Christ. Still not finished yet. Then verse 10. And if. Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if Christ is in you, in you, now, this wonderful one is in you. Why God has to be the spirit of God? And why the spirit of God has to be the spirit of Christ? And why the spirit of Christ has to be Christ? Why, 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 why? Just because of one thing, that He can be in you. God, simply being God, by Himself, He can never get into you. Because of three main reasons. Such a divine, infinite, almighty being cannot stay in you. Number one. And number two, you have to realize, you are so sinful. How could the Holy God come into you and me, such dirty people? Impossible. Number three, we are human. For God to come into us, there is the need of a kind of mediation. The new of humanity. So God has to become a man. By the name Jesus. To pick up humanity. To build up a human bridge. And this humanity bridges over this gap. There's a gap between divinity and humanity. Hallelujah. Jesus is a man. over this gate. Not only so, Jesus means what? Jehovah, the Savior. As such he one he died on the cross for all sins. Hallelujah. And he shed his blood, which cleanses us. And the infinite God became a feminine man and died on the cross for us. So, I tell you, he covers all the three big problems. By this way, the infinite God, the holy God, the divine God, can
2: come
0: into a fallen and dirty man. And now, verse 10 says, Christ is in you. Now, he is not merely God. But Christ also. Not so simple, but Christ through the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ. And eventually one Verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him, that means of God the Father, who raised up Jesus from among the dead, dwells in you, he who raised up Christ Jesus from among the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells in you. I tell you just this one verse verse 11 you have the trinity you have God the father you have Christ the son and you have the indwelling spirit God the spirit in this one verse, you have this tree. In such a verse, you cannot see the word trinity or triune. You cannot see the word dispensing or dispensation. But the fact is implied here.
1: Ron, in Romans 8, we see God mentioned, the Spirit of God, Christ, and the Spirit of Christ. And These terms almost seem interchangeable in this context. We almost need a map to navigate through these waters, Ron. What is the point here? It seems that this just cannot be either coincidental or without real significance.
2: Romans 8 is a chapter of experience. The experience described here is based upon marvelous truths concerning God. So on the one hand, we have different designations, as you pointed out, God, Christ, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, these surely indicate that God is triune. Nevertheless, their apparent, even actual, experiential interchangeability points to two things. God really is one, even though he's three. And in his dispensing, there is no way to systematize him we have the Spirit of God in us, we have Christ in us, we have the Spirit of life in us, we have the Spirit of Christ in us, yet we don't have the sense of three or four or five persons or beings in us. So in our experience, we have all three, but we have them as one. So Romans 8 is baffling to those whose basic approach to God is academic and speculative they make god an object of analysis primarily that was not paul's view and that incidentally is not god's view he is revealed in romans 8 in this particular way to show that although he is three yet he is triune and in his divine trinity he is mysteriously yet marvelously dispensing himself into us The more we receive his dispensing, the more we enjoy him, the more we experience him, the more we know him as the triune God, and the more we realize we cannot explain this. So there's a point where we stop trying to explain, and we just open to experience and enjoy his dispensing.
1: Well, we said the triune God is not for doctrine, but for dispensing. It's really our only hope of getting a grip, isn't it, on this portion.
2: That is our testimony. If others take another tack, we respect that. But the burden of our ministry is to minister the pneumatic Christ for our actual and practical experience and enjoyment so God's eternal purpose can actually and practically be carried out among people like us.
1: Here's Witness Lee with the conclusion of our life study.
0: You know, to dispense something, you need some process. How could the very God today endorse you? How could he? By being the true God through so much process for Jesus Christ to be raised from the dead. This needs what? This needs the Son of God to become a man. You see, if the Son of God didn't become a man, how could he die? He had nothing to die with. He had nothing to die with. You see the point? So he needed to be incarnate. To pick up the humanity. To have the blood that he may share on the cross for all sins. And for him to be raised, firstly, he has to be crucified. And then he has to be buried. Then he will be raised up. Could you see, all this process is somewhat in this one verse. So in this one verse, you have the Trinity, you have the process for the dispensation. Our God today, who involves us, is the process God. Now, who is in you? The Father, Son, and the Spirit. Eventually, you have to say, the Spirit indwells me. And you have to say, the Spirit is just the realization of the Son. And the Son is just the embodiment of the Father. The Father is embodied in the Son, and the Son is realized in the Spirit. Hallelujah. The Spirit indwells me. Isn't this wonderful? Yeah. You just tell me what it is. What it is. This is the child God processed through incarnation, through crucifixion, and through the burial, and through resurrection. It's now dispensing himself into my being. And here in verse 11, it indicates, and this dispensing of the train God into my person, not only into my spirit, but also into my mortal body, not only into my center, but also into my circumference. This is what, this means this dispensation of the God is saturating my whole being. This kind of dispensation issues in sinship. Making us all the sinners, enemies of God, sins of God. Hallelujah. Verses 14 15 tell us, As many as led by the Spirit, they are the sins of God. Isn't this good? Day by day we are led by the Spirit of God who endures us. This is the way for God to uh, fulfill His eternal purpose. Not by any teaching, not by any kind of organization, just by dispensing Himself into our being.
1: Ron, this was a marvelous word today. I'd like to ask you to say more, if you would, about how God could never accomplish His purpose with man by simple teaching or organization it could only be through the producing of many sons by this wonderful process
2: of dispensing it's not by teaching merely and it's not by organization at all i may invite you to my house for dinner and there's a wonderful meal prepared perhaps of things you've never eaten before I don't say it's of no benefit to to teach you about the recipe, to teach you about the makeup of the food. But the whole point of the meal is to get it into you by dispensing. So you may experience it, you may enjoy it, and then live by it. God wants many sons as the reproduction of the firstborn son. If God simply teaches us without imparting himself unto us, we may have a recipe, but we don't have a meal. There's no generating of the sons. God's way in his economy is the way of life dispensing. He dispenses himself into human beings created for this purpose and redeemed for this purpose, that by life dispensing he may beget them to be children, who grow to be sons. These sons in maturity are living, functioning members of the body of Christ, which is not an organization. It is an organism. We are here for the real thing, dear listeners. We are here for the actual experience of the triune God in his divine dispensing, so that the heart's desire of God to have the corporate expression of Christ may be fulfilled.
1: Ron, this may seem somewhat contradictory. After all, this really is a kind of teaching program, but I think you and I agree that if the result of this is just good teaching and we fail to bring people into a realization and an experience of this dispensing, we've really fallen short of our mark, haven't we?
2: We have, that even if we end up with merely a teaching about teaching or teaching about dispensing, we still do not have anything. The purpose of the ministry of the Word is to enlighten us in such a way that we go to the Lord, that we pray, that we praise him, that we open up to him and actually receive and experience the divine trinity in the divine dispensing. That's what it's all about.
1: Well, as we often do when we're here together, Ron, we've run over our time. And we will be back with another Life Study of Romans with Witness Lee. I'm Chris Wild, and thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Produced by LivingStream Ministry. You can now enjoy titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Visit lsm.org slash ePublications to find all that LivingStream has available. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and EPUB formats, which means you can enjoy this ministry on all kinds of PC and Mac devices. Many of our publications are also available on Amazon.com and at iTunes. But to see everything we have to offer, visit our website at
2: lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.